Welcome back to Women Making Moves, where we celebrate the moves that women are making. My name is Amy Pons. I'm a master certified life coach and a soul healer. I'm joined today with Burdette Carrasco. Burdette Carrasco, RN, has been providing compassionate obstetric care to women for over 27 years. Nursing is not just a profession to her, it's her passion and a defining part of her essence. Over the past decade, Burdette has noticed a concerning trend in healthcare, a lack of human touch and sensitivity leading to a disconnect between the mind, body, and spirit. This has had a negative impact on the birthing experience, and Burdette is determined to reverse this trend. Drawing on her extensive nursing background, she has developed MBS Triad, a user-friendly care model for pregnant women and those considering pregnancy. This model encompasses the mind, body, and spirit, ensuring comprehensive care that addresses the holistic needs of each individual. The aim is to provide a personalized experience that aligns with their expectations and desires. Burdette's career has included an estimated 4,500 births, and she has held several positions, including charge nurse, FEMA nurse during the pandemic, and manager of the Women and Infant Unit. After the loss of her beloved son, Jacob, to encephalopathy at the age of four, Burdette co-founded the Embrace Palliative Care Foundation running from 2011 to 2018, the first perinatal palliative care program in Arizona. Her work with Embrace led to the development of similar programs in hospitals across the state. Burdette's work has been recognized with numerous awards, including being named a 2011 Healthcare Hero by Phoenix Business Journal for her groundbreaking work in perinatal hospice. She continues to work with hospitals and healthcare teams to bring awareness through education and support to patients facing difficult pregnancies. Throughout the journey, Burdette continues to serve as a coach and advocate, empowering women to make informed decisions and actively participate in their care. Her extensive nursing background provides a solid foundation for offering guidance and support, allowing women to navigate the complexities of pregnancy, labor, and postpartum with confidence. Burdette, welcome. Thank you so much, Amy. (laughs) I appreciate that intro. (laughs) I love when there's big words, uh, big, important words, and it's, I learned something. So that's always fun. Right. Absolutely. I'm excited to talk about this so much because something that's been on my mind for years is the sheer trauma that birth has, and I haven't given birth, but hearing from friends, like the newborn coming into that trauma, but also the mom and the whomever. And I love the work that you're doing to not only ease that, but just game change how we think about this entire end-to-end experience. And I'm sure we'll get into this, but the frightening stats around women of color and the mortality rate behind that. Uh, Anyway, so can you tell us a little bit more about this work? And then also, what moves are you excited to be making in this space right now? Yeah, absolutely. Interesting. One of the things that I was thinking of when we talk about the reasons why, because I think anyone that has created a business starts out with a very narrow focus of why we're doing what we're doing, why we do, why we choose to start. And then as it grows, you start to really expand. And I almost feel that at times it becomes diluted, our essence, our purpose. And so really recently I've started to refocus of why have I started this? Why did I create this model of care? And it really all stemmed from birth trauma. One of the things that I noticed, and we can talk statistically, 45% of women suffer some form of birth trauma, either physical, psychological, or emotional, 45%. So when I saw that number, I was like, whoa, I see it as a nurse. I could see situations that arise that I think this is extremely traumatic, but you know, I, I clock out at the end of my shift. I don't know what happens to that person, that individual. 
And there really isn't much, they say, you know, the trauma can occur. One woman could face the same, almost a very similar experience than another. And one can develop PTSD and the other woman cannot. So they don't really, you can't really say who is going to have a traumatic experience because this or this or this happened. It just is their experience. And when I heard these numbers, that's really where my passion almost got ignited because I know it's possible to create an environment for families to experience a beautiful delivery, regardless of, is it vaginal? Is it C-section? There's all these, you know, arguments like if they have a vaginal delivery, if they have a C-section, but it really starts from empowering and educating and preparing women. doesn't mean that they're going to control the outcome. It doesn't mean they're going to control what others how other people enter into their space, but really having a control over their internal atmosphere, who they are inside, what they understand, how they prepare, who they surround themselves with to feel safe. So 45% of women suffer birth trauma. Then when I started to really start talking to people in any environment, I was at a breathwork class in Sedona and I was just talking to the people in my class. And every single time I bring up what I'm doing and I talk about birth trauma, there's always somebody that comes out and says, I had a traumatic birth. 30 years ago, I had a traumatic birth. Five years ago, 28 years ago. I mean, it's just a memory and a feeling that never goes away. Then I start really thinking about my first birth and how traumatic it was. And, you know, does this all stem from Like, why was my birth traumatic? Because my nurse and my doctors didn't listen to me. When I said, this is what's happening to my body, they disregarded me and they didn't nurture me in those feelings, emotions. And that created the trauma where I've had other children and it was, you know, scheduled C-section. I went very simple. I understood, but my first one, I didn't really understand what was happening and the power was taken away from me. And I can remember every nurse every feeling, every emotion. I actually have a vision of looking at the clock at the exact time that things started happening. And I can still see that clock on the wall, but I actually can't remember much of my non-traumatic deliveries. I just knew I had a great delivery and everything was fine. That's what I remember. But the traumatic deliveries stay with us for a lifetime and they never go away. And you touched on what the trauma is. It could be physical, mental, emotional, Can you give us some more examples around what you've heard or what you know to be true around the traumas themselves? The one, obviously, there's a very traumatic delivery, right? A delivery that goes unexpected, an emergency C-section, a postpartum hemorrhage. Those are traumatic and they're very traumatic for all involved, not just the patient, the family, but also the staff surrounding that that, uh, patient that's going through such a difficult situation. The parts that get overlooked are the traumas that occur. They're like micro traumas, just little things that happen that almost get disregarded. One, I I can only, and I know I'm, I'm okay to speak about this circumstance with somebody that I worked with who said I had a, you know, a feeling with an epidural that I knew wasn't right. So I kept expressing something's not right. And they kept telling me everything's fine. Everything's fine. And I kept saying, but I don't feel right. Something's not right. And then when she was disregarded, she shut down and became quiet and stopped advocating for herself. And then something happened and she had an adverse reaction and there was some resuscitation that occurred to help her with what was happening. And then she now reflects back of, 
what was wrong with me? Why couldn't I have continued to speak up? Why didn't I advocate for myself? It affected my baby. So why, why wasn't I strong? So now she still really questions is like, why wasn't I strong enough to speak up for myself? And that's where the trauma lies, where families aren't heard when they say there's something wrong, when they have a concern, they're disregarded, and they're not included in also. I mean, I, I could say another circumstance was when the water was broken they weren't asked if they could break the water. They just said, hey, we're going to break the water. It helps your labor go. And then when questions were asked, they're like, oh, no, no, everything will be fine. And they break the water. And then she reflects back and says, but I really didn't know. I really didn't want my water broken, but I didn't even get time to ask questions or have a really a say. It was kind of like her hands were in my vagina. She was breaking my water. I didn't really, you can't really say no in that moment. So those rights were taken away from her. And those are those micro traumas. I, I feel like we as nurses, you know, it's what we do every day. You know, we do this every day and we forget that this is not their every day. This is really a very vulnerable place that these families are in. They're surrendering their, literally their life to us. And what other circumstance in your life that you could just say, I don't know you. I have no idea who you are, but I'm going to surrender my child and my life in your hands and trust that you're going to take care of me. And that is extreme vulnerability. Yeah. And what I'm hearing from you is these women feel responsible, guilt, judgment toward themselves for not speaking up. And what resonates with me, I haven't had a traumatic birth, but I have been in so many situations in which I don't feel heard. Like people aren't listening to me about my body. I feel like it's a larger epidemic of like one people not trusting for some reason, like medical staff not trusting when someone has a feeling in their body, they brush it off. I don't know what that is. And then the next one is something similar. I went through this back in October in which I had a condition that I was hospitalized for and a male doctor came in and stuck a needle in me, four inch needle without consent or numbing. Right. I afterward beat myself up on like, why, why wouldn't I say something? What? And Honestly, when you're in, especially like a hospital setting, something's happening with either, it can be either emergent or non-emergent health, anything. You already feel vulnerable. You might be really sick. You might be weak. You're not thinking about having patient advocacy for yourself in in those moments. And yes, you might have someone with you that could advocate on your behalf or you might not. So me, I see this like whole larger issue about not listening. To your point, something that you just said is like, I feel in my experience, these doctors just came in and like to them, I'm a, I'm a body. (laughs) I'm not a person. And so they're just doing their thing and they're not realizing that one that hurts like hell too. I'm here for a reason. And I'm already like upset about something or vulnerable. So it's just like being aware of those types of things. It's, it's the humanity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And in my intro, it definitely said the loss of humanity. That was what has driven me to do this. And, you know, I say this all the time to my clients, every single person that walks in your room and Amy, the person that walked into your room to do that, the injection, we all want you to have a good outcome. We all want everybody to recover and we want them to have a safe labor and delivery. Nobody comes in the room and says, oh, you know, I want this person to have a bad experience. I want this person to have a bad outcome. We don't, we're all in this for the same outcome, which is a good outcome. 
the definition of good outcome is different for everybody, right? And I think that for me, the reason I I really needed to do this, and when I say I go back to the roots of why I did this, because it has gotten into a million other directions. Well, I could do this and I can do that and I can fix this, but it really ultimately comes down to giving families information they need, the awareness they need, and the understanding of their rights to advocate for themselves to make informed choices that we as humans should not be touched without complete understanding and consent. And it's very simple. It does only take a couple more minutes of your day to go in and say, may I examine you? Let me explain what that looks like. And he, he, he did that with no one else in the room. And my nurse, when she found out, she raised some hell. And so it was this whole thing, you know, so I'm, I really resonate with that part of this. So within MBS triad, what are the moves that you're excited to be making? What's coming up next as we unfold into 2024? So we've initially started out with calling it the nurse navigation, where we as nurses navigate families from, you know, prenatally delivery and postpartum. We give them the education. We empower them to advocate for their choice. First, they have to understand what their choices are, what their desires are. And then we give them all those words, tools to be able to communicate it effectively when they walk into the hospital. What we were finding through this in the last year of using this is people don't really understand what navigation, what a navigator is. Like, what is that? Like, what does that mean? And we know recently a study came out that when you uh, offer patients prenatal delivery and postpartum doula care, so I'm going to first compare nurse navigation to doula care, nurse doula care, navigation is education, support, advocacy, and really just relationship, compassion, creating that relationship with your client. Doula care is emotional support, advocacy, education, and creating a relationship, a trusting relationship. They're exactly the same. So what we decided to do definitely with a movement that there's so much study out there that with doula support, prenatally delivery and postpartum, 31% decrease in a negative delivery experience with doula care involved prenatally in a delivery. But also when they're given, when we give support prenatally, it is also associated with a decreased premature uh, delivery rate, low birth weight, decreased depression, and increased breastfeeding. They actually breastfeed for a longer period of time because they have support. They have a resource, someone to go to. And so we knew this when we created this company. We knew that what we were doing because of our beta testers, because of we had a mom's panel that we followed for uh, eight months after delivery and then prenatally through delivery, we knew all these things were true. What we were finding is we weren't getting the traction we needed because people didn't understand the language. And so in 2024, we're really trying to refocus and kind of simplify back down to why I've created what I've created, which is we're offering nurse doula care. Same thing, but people will understand what that looks like. We do right now offer a virtual doula care in 39 states. So in 39 states, we can support families. We have a postpartum program. We have a partner program. We don't just support the mothers. We support all the, the family, whoever wants to get involved. That's the great part of being virtual. Everybody can get on to the patient's choice. And then we also just started in person in Arizona and Kansas. 
we can do in-person doula care, which is exciting for me because we can now meet with anyone that wants to be, I don't know, I feel like a lot of people are going virtual, but there are some people that still want that in-person and we can offer that. And then as this grows, we can get more doulas on board throughout the United States that can then support in-person and have a virtual platform, which is exciting that they can see clients not only in person, but we have programs that just kind of do this drip notification every day. Like, did you drink water today? Did you feel the baby move today? You know, all these things that we can stay connected. It's not just a three visit. It's not just a four visit. It's not just delivery support, but we can have this ongoing relationship with our clients as long as they need us for so I'm excited for that. We just are rolling that out actually this month. We have a meeting uh, tomorrow with all the nurses and doulas to see, hey, like how can we really get this out there and market it? The other thing that's exciting is doula care currently is kind of geared towards people that can pay for doula care, right? So between 1000 to 3000 for a doula service. And our virtual doula program is actually affordable. It's half that cost to be able to virtually. So it's going to be able to really serve a community of families that previously weren't able to afford those services. So we're excited about that too. And now your organization, it's called MB Sphere, right? Correct. Mm-hmm. Okay. And when did that transition from MBS Triad? So MB Sphere is just like the company name. And the mind, body, spirit triad is just the three that are really important that we activate and balance through the pregnancy and delivery. Because really, we have to have all parts present when we're having a baby. We have to, you know, have our mind, the educated, aware, our fears kind of alleviated as much as possible through empowerment and education our body. There's so many things we can do throughout our pregnancy to get us ready for labor. It's not just going to a doctor's appointment. There's so many other things that are really just don't take much time that can really support the body for labor. And then obviously the spirit. I mean, that is a powerful force for delivery. Not very many uh, women know the importance of the spirit during labor and how much the divine feminine really grabs hold and takes over and needs to be upfront and ready for that delivery to nurture and create like the divine feminine does. You just spoke to my heart. Every corner of the world right now, I feel like we've been skewed in the masculine for thousands of years and women Mm -hmm. like me, many, many of us, I mean, humanity is being asked to upgrade, level up, vibrate higher and it's divine feminine calling us. And I know that all humans are being asked to, to upgrade, but I also know women are specifically being asked to usher in the divine feminine and create the balance that our lifetime has never had. So in no surprise, the birthing experience end to end has become skewed to the masculine, which is, as you know, I mean, we were talking about like in the masculine, it's doing, it's checking the box, it's the task, it's the actual doing of things. Whereas the feminine is feeling, trusting, flowing, believing. And when those two work together, the balance is so gorgeous. You know, if I, if we stay in the divine feminine for birth, we might not give birth, you know, like there has to be an action, mm-hmm. right? The balance and being aware of that is so amazing. Mm-hmm. And knowing that you're the baby is a soul coming in and they are experiencing, by the way, I mean, and, and I'd love your thoughts on this too. When we are in utero, we're already absorbing what anything that our mom felt, grandma felt, great grandmas, we're already in there and it's already in us. So one more, as we enter this world, if it's traumatic, 
that's how our life starts. I know. I know. Isn't that just so heartbreaking? Ah. And, and I know like for me specifically, my mom had a very traumatic birth. We both almost died. And it was a very like last minute thing that I, I popped out and we were okay, but that's in me. That's still in me at some point. Right. You know? Let's say that a woman is there. She's like giving birth and your team is not on site and she's experiencing something adverse. Do they call you up and be like, can you like, what kind of things do you offer? Like in that emergent situation? Like, do you school the doctor? Like what happens? What is that? Oh like? no. <laughs> so one of the, one of the, so it's really important. This is really interesting that it's really important that the family feels they have created a relationship with their provider. If that's a midwife or if that's a physician, they have created a trusting relationship with their provider. So for anyone to walk in and instill doubt into that family is actually only adding to the trauma. So there is a way to partner with providers and work together as a team. That's really where the importance of decreasing birth trauma is that we all work together. We hear the patient, we help the patient understand realistic expectations for them and what they want, because obviously one person might have some diagnosis that make it very difficult for them to be able to have the delivery they want. It would be unsafe, but there's a way to help them understand that. And then the doctor's job is to inform the patient. Our job is to support that information. Either, you know, support it in a way to help the patient understand, give them the resources to read and learn more about it. And then really just building that trusting circle around the family is so important. It's leading up. Mm -hmm. I was just wondering if, if I were in that situation and something was going awry, I would like get Britt out on FaceTime and be like, talk to her. Yeah, that actually has happened in in all fairness. Would we do that? Absolutely. That has happened. So I had a client who... And I do want to say that all the clients I talk about have assigned a release. So this is, they actually did this because they want, they feel it's so important and they want others to be able to experience what they experienced with us. But we did have a client. She was eight centimeters for hours and they were starting to talk about a C-section. So she was like, so she did call me. She's like, I don't so I was able to communicate through her to be able to have her effectively communicate to her nurse in a partnering manner, not a demanding, not do this. But I just said, here's a position. Here's the picture. Show your nurse and say, do you think we can just try this for 30 minutes? Just ask her. So she did. And the next text I got with not very long after was I had the baby with a picture of the baby. Oh. So it was those, right? So it's not like holding up and being like, hey, do this better this way or that way. It's really us empowering the patient giving them choices and options and allowing them to feel like they are, they have the support behind them to be able to express their wishes and their choices. And then doing it in a way that's received non-confrontational, right? Got it. it. Okay. Yeah. I was just wondering if that's ever happened. Cause it's like, I can imagine you virtually Mm -hmm. being up on a big screen somewhere being like, okay, let's, uh, (laughs) So that's awesome. Okay. So that, that has happened. And I, I imagine that's really, that really feels safe. I would have loved to have that. And again, mine wasn't a birth trauma, but like in the trauma I was experiencing, I would have loved to have that advocate because again, the average person, and maybe I'm making a broad brush here. The average person doesn't understand what they can write, like what their rights are heading into a medical situation, unless you've done it before. I've shared my story a few times and 
patient advocacy is just not well known. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Oh, Cause it's like, well, those are doctors. They know more than me. I'll just, and there was something, and I'm a, you know, me for a little bit now, like I'm a very strong right. and right. person. And like, I advocate so hard for everyone around me. And it was like, when it came for myself, I didn't, I almost had like a freeze, like, oh, I guess, right. I guess this is okay. Like, I don't know. And then you reflect back and you start to really, I mean, I can see, I can just hear you say that wasn't me. No, that circumstance made me be somebody that I'm not. And who is that woman? (laughs) Like, it's almost like, who is that? It was the, for me specifically, it was the woman who in the first 40 years of her life always felt less than and was looking toward a man to Mm. um, knowing that he knew better. That was, that's who she was. And so I've sat with her and was like, Hey, are you okay? Like we, we, we were not all okay for a minute. You know, it's like, we really had to work through that. So anyway, I'm so happy that you've developed this. It sounds a little bit like a birthing concierge. That's exactly. And that's interesting you say that because, because I have a cousin who's always trying to change the name of the company. She's so cute. She's very (laughs) outspoken and she has a lot to say, but she's like, I think you need to change this to birthing concierge. You're a concierge service. I'm like, okay. So, you know, I, it's so hard because I know by all the years of nursing that you can literally walk into a room and transform energy with your energy. I have many circumstances walked into a room where somebody was six or eight centimeters for six to 12 hours, no change, ready to go to the OR. And I have said, just give me a minute, just one minute. And I just went in and shifted energy in the room and powered the family, empowered the patient, instilled faith. And then the baby's there. I mean, this isn't me making this up. This has happened over and over again. I know. And that's the thing. That's what I mean by like, women are natural healers. We are innate healers by, by, and so this, this element of you know, and again, me coming from the corporate world, this is like when we talk about energy work, light workers, Mm -hmm. I'm in my coaching sessions, we're moving energy where, and we actually do some energy work, light work, energy moving Mm -hmm. activities, because that is being asked to come up and be released in some way. But when we talk about it, people are like, oh, that's woo, that's witchy. Right. Right. Yo, folks, (laughs) we are (laughs) all we are all energetic beings. We are stardust in this world. And so like, exactly. Everything is energy. Everything we do is an energetic exchange. So mm-hmm. imagine what you can do, the power that Burdett's talking about, walking into this situation where it's literally life or death for you and your offspring. And you're able to shift that into a, not only, not safe is like the least of it, safe and right. championing. You're championing the woman, the fetus, the family, and the medical team to be their best selves in those moments. How exquisite. Yep. 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 And I don't think nurses are given enough credit. We as nurses have that power. And so we need to honor that. We need to understand that. And we need to know that we can shift a whole entire experience from one way or another by our energy, by the way we interact, by the way we see that soul, that spirit laying in that bed for who they are, not who we want them to be, not who we think they should be, but truly who that individual is. Yeah. And not on the timetable. I'm hoping that this energetic shift, putting the humanities back into this work that are literal Mm -hmm. soul, I'm hoping that 
growing this more and more and seeing how big of a shift it makes, like what you're talking about, is that we throw away the old playbooks that we've been doing for the past hundred years, which is like names or room numbers on a board. It's like, okay, cool. Room number one delivered. No, no. Throw all those schedules away, those timetables. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Burdette, I know we're both talking about like in a complete uproot to the medical system. So right, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so you can make it frowned upon. <laughs> well, I don't care. I don't care. We're we're in charge of flipping everything on a head. There's a lot. And it's not just medical. It is in every industry. And again, for those who listen and be like, it is again, because we have gone so far into the masculine of doing oh. And it's, yep. it's money, it's the power, it's the infrastructure, hierarchy, control, and the order. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. All we're talking about is considering what your day-to-day could be if you allow the divine feminine in of the feel, flow, trust, believe, and getting in the energetic mm-hmm. plane, mm-hmm. even by one degree. We're not suggesting overnight, but like if you were able to just like ratchet just by one degree every single day, that balance will still get shit done, by the way. But the balance mm-hmm. of being able to tap into soul and energy is exquisite and needed into where the world, the new paradigm is shifting to. So, Absolutely. And it can shift for generations. That's the, that to me is the most powerful thing. Like if we can balance a human's mind, body, and spirit prenatally, I mean, we do it actually prior to conception. We have programs we can meet with uh, people before they even conceive, which I think it's what I tell my children that are married. Please don't get pregnant until you work with me. Please don't, you know, implant an embryo into anything without your healing and without balancing and without, you know, I mean, you need to be in the most homeostatic state in oh. implantation. So, I mean, that's just what I tell my kids, please, 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 for my, for my grandchildren, don't carry the traumas that I have given you children. Let's heal those. That's mind blowing. Cause you used a really key word implant. The moment that implants that embryo, like they now have everything. Yeah in you as well. So ancestral trauma. Oh gosh, that could be another topic. Okay. So I want to talk really quickly (laughs) at a post you made recently, and it's about MV sphere, uh, about the virtual doula care. So you made this on LinkedIn about a month ago, MV sphere offers virtual doula care by experienced OB nurses. The RN doulas not only offer emotional educational support, but have a deep understanding of the clinical side of maternal care, which is personalized and relationship-based care, virtual care that makes a difference. And we've been talking a lot about this. So are you at the point where labor and delivery nurses, let's say, would come to you in droves and be in your network? Like, what does that look like? Yeah, well, it's interesting. That is something I would love. I currently right now, how I shift, just so you know, my sole purpose is transition. I'm like the transitional queen. I like to transition one person from another by an awareness of just me, I don't, I'm not quite sure how I do it, but I think that's how most people do when they have like, they have this ability to heal or this ability for intuition. It just is. So I sometimes bring an awareness to people that they never thought of before. And my current job that I was at for the last six months in Indian health services on the Navajo nation, I was very mindful of going in there and I care for all my patients in the same method as I have in my company, a mind, body, spirit individual care to meet that particular person's needs. First, I have to understand what they want. But what I did notice over the last six months is midwives and nurses were starting to recognize the way I cared for the patient. And I started seeing the shift in their care 
to the patient. So it wasn't me actually teaching or saying, hey, this is how you do it. But it was bringing an awareness. There was a very traumatic delivery and the new nurse came out and she was very distraught and upset. And I said to her, do you know what's going on? And she's like, no. And I said, that was trauma. So not only is the patient traumatized, but you have been traumatized also. Let's talk about it. They did a big debriefing. How could we do better? What could we have done differently? What went, you know, all those things of an awareness and an understanding. And that shifted her practice and her care. So it's really just by an example of you can make a difference and people are seeing it. They're noticing it and they're changing their own practice. I also have put a few posts up in nursing sites and there are nurses that are like, yes, please show me how to do this. Teach me how to do this. And we currently, we um, just submitted to the state of Arizona to be a recognized training program. And this will be based on the mind, body, spirit training. So we're waiting sending positive vibes out into the universe that this is going to be accepted and we can start training nurses. The training program is amazing and it's what we all do and be in spheres. And so we really want to get that out into the providers and just be like, Hey, do we can make a difference? We can change the outcomes. We can change the experiences and we can continue to decrease birthing trauma to a level that isn't horrific, like 45%. And like I said before, there are going to be circumstances that we can't control, but in knowing that if we offer this care, even post-traumatic delivery, we offer compassion, we offer them guidance and interventions and things that they can do to really heal from that. And even an understanding of why did this happen to me? What could I have done differently? Which is usually nothing, but, but just somebody to talk to, somebody to help understand from a clinical side. Yes, emotional support is so important. Absolutely, 100%, the priority is giving them up. But there's also needs to be this clinical understanding after the patient goes home. What happened to me and why did it happen? Trying to explain that sometimes in the midst of all that that's going on, only little bits stick. So they need somebody else afterwards to come in that understands why that emergency C-section happened and they could go to their provider. They couldn't make an appointment, but that's really difficult for new moms and new families to make another appointment on top of the other appointments. So giving them uh, easy, one of the things that most of the healthcare does is they, you know, we all want to just fill in gaps, easy, accessible resource. I have so many people to tag when this goes live. So as we start to wind down, what would you say to folks that might say the birthing concierge is a nice to have? We're not in competition. We all want the same thing. We want to improve maternal outcomes. We want to decrease mortality and morbidity rates. That's what we all want. And so if you say it's a nice thing to have, but it's your child or your loved one that is dying or that is bleeding to death, or that is being assaulted in the delivery room, or is being disregarded and dismissed and sent home, if that's you or your loved one, this service is definitely not just nice to have, it's life-saving. It's life-saving to have. Yeah, not even just in the immediate, but to your point, the post-traumatic that leads into depression, suicide. It's just like, it it's carries through. It's not just like the moment that you're giving birth or like nope. a medical situation. Nope. It carries into such long-term impact. So it's not a nice to have. 
and I'm, this is me speaking now, like from my perspective, Absolutely. not right. a nice to have, it's an essential to make sure Absolutely. that like we're setting these new generations up with the highest success of being able to clear the ancestral trauma that we've been carrying, like we've talked about for thousands of years. We, we have all of that in us and it reaches a point where as an adult, we heal it at some point. Hopefully if you don't, right. we should talk. Mm-hmm. It depends on like how, like when you have that awakening that you're like, oh, this isn't mine and I can heal it and let me heal on behalf of all my ancestors. It's the best way to usher in this, this amazing new successful generation at both the divine feminine and getting back to the divine masculine. Cause right now it's hot. Okay. So where do we find you? My website, mbinspears.com, it really goes over all the services and everything we offer, all the packages, the costs, very upfront. I really, really, really just want, it's so hard for me, which maybe this is for people that start companies. I don't know, but it's so hard for me to charge anything because I want to give this to everybody. You know, I've had uh, patients recently, clients recently call me on state access. So they're, they're, they don't have the funds for a doula, but they need a doula. They need support. I have the nurse mind, the spiritual mind that says every human deserves this every human deserves to be loved and shown compassion and be given a chance for a beautiful birth experience as you align your energies with that balance you Mm -hmm. position yourself in a state of receiving so that Mm -hmm. you can receive more abundance to make a larger impact and be able to it's both and it's like yes right i hear you and being able to be compensated for this invaluable service so that you can then grow and help even more. I know you get that, but it's just sometimes day to day. It's sometimes hard to put that in. Yeah. It is. Yeah, it absolutely is. And I do think if I'm going to tell others to be balanced in their energies and a mind, body, spirit balance, then it's so important that myself and the people working in my company stay exactly the same. We all have, or we're all in alignment that it's not solely focused on profit and funding or task, but it's also as equally focused on spirituality and gifts and compassion and love. So it's really that constant fight for balance because we do live in a society that doesn't always honor that balance. I have to pull us one way or another. It's essential to have that alignment and balance in yourself while having to operate in the society that's imbalanced. It's an ongoing process. I get that. So closing remarks as we wind down. You know, I I just am so grateful, Amy, that you've given the opportunity of an awareness. I, I do feel that one of the things that actually just came to me the other day is the measure of success. You know, how do we measure success? And I was been starting the company. My measure of success was how many clients did I get? How much money did I make? How many people recognize my work? And if I wasn't recognized, then I felt I was unsuccessful. Mm-hmm. But I have helped women in my company. It may not be hundreds and thousands, but I have served families and I've transformed their lives and their experiences. And to me, that is success. Exactly. And you get to choose that. I get to choose that. Thanks, Bernadette. Thank you, Amy. I appreciate you so much. 